he goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Now listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit twoforonepizza.com. It's hour two of Leafs Lunch. Julia Tashiri and Mike DiStefano with you for the next 60 minutes. We're going to have Frankie Corrado with us in the next five or so. The Leafs are coming off a win last night versus Detroit at home, and now they'll head out on the road with their dads in tow. I'll note it's a dad's trip this weekend. Uh, it's Detroit's night and Boston Saturday, so... Good couple games on tap here. This Detroit team is a lot of fun to watch, even though the Leafs yeah. should probably beat them handily. They, they're a lot of fun. Well, I mean, this. So I was looking back on you know the the Detroit Maple Leafs rivalry and oh. kind of how things have unfolded over the course of the last few years. I um, have one game in my head right now, and well, I the be- ten seven yes. wildness of of last year. Yeah, that game was insane. Uh, yeah, ten seven back on Feb twenty six twenty two. Uh, that was that was wild. But did you know that the Maple Leafs have won nine straight meetings between these two? No, I did not. Nine straight meetings. The Maple Leafs have laid the beat down, and it's not even like these have been close games. Like the last time they played, four one, four two, three nothing, ten seven, seven four, five four. That was a pretty close game, actually. Four one, six nothing, five two. Like these have been beatdowns that the Toronto Maple Leafs have been laying down. Do you know that Sheldon wow. Keith is undefeated against the D- the Detroit Red Wings? No. Yes, in his era, he's undefeated against the Detroit Red Wings. So, you know, as you would imagine, like we'll get to the school. Uh, you know, we'll get to to what are we calling it now? Puck picks by Professor Al's brother. We'll get to that a little bit <laughs> a little bit later on. And, Professor uh, Al's brother. We'll, we'll bring out some some more statistics here, but. Yeah, Toronto's fared really well against Detroit, which is funny because there was always this narrative about how Toronto always loses to the bad team. Like they yeah. have always lost the last couple of seasons. Detroit is the exception to the rule. It always <laughs> they do nothing you're but right. beat them and right. beat them handily. Because it was Buffalo, it was Arizona. Arizona, it was Montreal, yeah, and Ottawa. Weirdly enough, yeah, yeah. Oh, remember that Ottawa? It was two years ago. I think it was the bubble season when they blew like five five goal one lead. lead. Yeah, no, not five goal, five one. Right? Yeah, that was brutal. Uh, Sam's not pretty good against the Wings, though, eh? Even though he hasn't been overly good on the road this year. Yeah, I was taking a look at his road, uh, home and road splits. And, and, you know, at home, he's got like a 920-ish save percentage. Pretty solid. But on the road, only an 890 save percentage, and he's 2-3 and three on the season. So he hasn't fared as well on the road. And last time that these two teams faced off, which was literally on Saturday, so not too long ago, Ilya Samsonov got the start. He played at home, and it was kind of his rebound bounce-back performance because he had, he was the one, you know, he'd hit a rut there, four or five games where he was like 850 goaltending in a row. And then uh, come out, had a pretty good performance, 4-1 win against Detroit. So they're going to go back to the well here again on night two, back-to-back, and, uh, and we'll see how it goes. You know what else I find interesting? I, I just thought of this right now, but remember back in the Babcock days, it, it was Freddie's getting night one and backup's getting night two. Yes. Did not matter. That's not the case this year. Like, it, it seems like the goaltending this season truly is just like, we're just going to see matchup dependent, perhaps. Like, I, I don't know how I guess they're going throughout it, but like last weekend in the back to back, we saw Samsonov on night one, and then Murray got the game on night two. 
and it's been flip-flopped, where now it's, okay, Murray got night one against Nashville, and we're giving night two to Samsonov. Yeah, maybe it just instills the fact that coming into this year, we knew it was going to be a 1A, 1B type situation. Everyone had Matt Murray circled as the obvious 1A because of his pedigree and Mm -hmm. probably because of the contract as well. But as we continued to mull this over and we started to hear what the Leafs were saying about the tandem situation, there was never... Uh, probably in the back of their minds, it was always Murray. But they don't have a 1A, 1B, it doesn't seem like, really set in their minds. No, and which I think there... Do you believe that there's a chance for one of the guy, these guys to, to take a hold of the net? No. You think that they're going to, regardless of how they play... I Unless mean, I, one gets terrible. Right. And even and, then, and really Joseph terrible. Wall's ripping it up in the minors right now. <sighs> You think they would do that, though? Well, I see one of them getting injured before I see one of them going on a really cold streak. Okay, so you believe, like, if if they were were to bring up Joe Wall, it wouldn't be because... I hope not. God. Play, it would be because there is an injury and they need to bring him up. God, I hope I mean, that would be the best-case case scenario, I guess. But yeah, he's, what, 9-0? and oh, He's won nine straight games since returning from injury. He's got, like, a 930 save percentage with the Marlies. Joe Wall's, uh, you know, he's, he's been playing well. I don't, did... Certified heater. I wonder if our guy, did he play with Joe Wall, the man on the line right now? He might have, like, his rookie season in the AHL. Might Mr. Have Frank Corrado, our Leafs analyst at TSN 1050, who's making his debut tonight on the Leafs panel. How's it going? Did you play with Joe Wall? I did not, Julia. Mm. Um, but in some housekeeping news that you know I like to bring up when we do these hits on Leafs lunch, because I like to rack up a little bulletin board of Ooh. things that we like to talk about here. One of the first things on my list is, I guess I'm not the only person making a debut on a panel this week from what I hear, Julia. Is that true? Yeah. Frankie, we get to hang out tomorrow. And I even had (laughs) Craig. Craig was on earlier. You're on today. It's our whole CHL on TSN panel. And I found out even more electric news. Reg and Subban ringside tomorrow. What a squad. Mathot and Victor Finley upstairs. Like, what a group. Yeah. Victor Finley is going to be standing on the milk crate again for the uh, pregame hit from the truck. So Adds he can be high uh, level with the thought. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Well, tell us about what's on tap for tonight. Your your rookie debut on the Leafs panel. I don't know if you... Oh, do we have this? Uh, I, I think we do. Do we have that audio that was... The yeah, Duffy I, audio? I don't know if you were listening to First Up this morning, but there was... This is savage. Slanderous. Slanderous things directed. I, I've become aware. I, I have become aware of some of the things that were said. I will have some comments after we play the audio. Okay, so this is what <laughs> James Duthie, esteemed broadcaster James Duthie, had to say about uh, a rook making his debut tonight on the lease panel. Let's play it. Well, I think it'll be, maybe we'll at the last second scratch him because that was kind of Frankie's career with the Leafs, right? Or like just Ooh, around. Wow, that is, hey, I'm going to be, in the, I'm gonna be oh, in the building. I'm going to be in the building tonight. I'm we'll doing the Habs game. So. And say, no, Carlo's good to go. <laughs> Dude, like from the top ropes, unprovoked. Yeah. No, it, it is unprovoked. And it's really sad to see, you know, you think someone with the kind of stature of James Duffy would be a little more supportive in that situation. He just takes <laughs> me down bad memory lane where I lived out all my nightmares as a Toronto Maple Leaf, you know, taking warm up every single night and then hearing, oh, uh, by the way, you're not going tonight. I guess the equivalent of that would be if I did the pregame show tonight and then at 6.55, Billy Dodson gives me the look like, 
hey man, you're you're not going tonight. Like we we need you to get off the set. So <laughs> let's hope, you, you know we want to make it to seven o'clock. We want to get through warm up and and get into the game and and you know play your game. That's that's the way I would put it. Same way I would I would say when I was playing or or lack of playing. I guess. <laughs> you excited for the quiz though? Like I feel like if if I ever get a chance to do the panel, which I doubt I will get that opportunity. I mean, the quiz would be something that I'd be looking forward to most. Very much looking forward to the quiz, and I, I will let you know that I did receive an email bright and early this morning from the quiz master about our potential topics. And but not a phone so, call. Usually, it's the eight p.m. on a Saturday phone call from the quiz master that I'm like feeling email. like a bad worker because I'm not answering him at nine o'clock on a Saturday. <laughs> there, there was an email, and then there were some phone calls exchanged, and then there were some other emails as well. So we're, you know, we're well in the loop on the quiz, and hopefully, we have some, uh, you know, some juicy topics for everyone tonight. So you're making your debut. We're chatting with Frank Corrado, our TSN Leafs analyst, uh, and going to be on the Leafs panel tonight, Leafs Detroit Red Wings on TSN 4. Uh, so you're making your debut on the panel tonight, but we had a guy making his debut for the Maple Leafs last night in uh, Bobby McMahon. What did you make of the way that uh, you know he played in his 11-ish minutes of ice time last night? All right, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, and this is what the Tatman and I were talking about a little bit after the game in the post-game show. Every once in a while, you see someone make their NHL debut and it's their first game and there's a lot of nervous energy and you can tell they're really expending a ton of energy, more than they, they maybe normally would. And you, you look at it and you're like, oh, that's great, that's awesome energy. But at the same time, you're like, I don't know if that's sustainable. Like, I don't know if that's something you're going to be able to do night in, night out, keep yourself here. And we see some guys kind of come up, have this big pop right off the bat, and then they fizzle out. And then there's some players who are just way too skilled to keep out of the league, and we, we see that a lot as well. But I thought Bobby McMahon last night was really impressive in the way it didn't look like he was overreaching, overextending in any way, shape, or form. It looked like he just played well within his wheelhouse. And when you watch him play, you're like, okay, there's a nice little simple decision that he made. He executed properly. And then even on the physicality side of things, wasn't like he was running around. wasn't like he was looking for any, anything crazy, any kind of extracurriculars. But what you did see, you see a, a guy with a bigger frame kind of lean on you, not lose his balance, come up with the puck more often than not. So I kind of watch that game and I think, all right, like that's his game. And he can probably do that night in, night out. There, there, it doesn't seem like that would be a guy where it's like there's this grand entrance and then you're wondering, okay, where did he go, right? So and I was telling Patty as well. It kind of reminds me of a player that would have played for L.A. in, you know, somewhere in that 2013 to 2016 uh. kind of range. Pretty simple kind of guy, heavier player, and, and the Leafs have heavy players. The thing about McMahon that I liked is he just really knew how to use his body to his advantage, and as a guy lower in the lineup, that's, gonna, that's how you need to assert yourself. So he just re- kind of reminded me of that you know, stereotypical heavy player that we used to see in the Western Conference, especially, you know, in that that California swing back in the day, maybe 10 years ago. I always like to know, like, what specifically a player's role will be. I think it's, like, best when players know exactly who they are and what they are and what they bring. What do you think that element is for Bobby McMahon that he tangibly brings to the Leafs lineup? Well, it's it's a good point too because there's times and I've I've seen it in my own career or other players' career where maybe you get called up, you get an opportunity, 
And a lot of the times you're getting opportunities because you're filling the net, the minors. Yeah, right? so, exactly. And, and, and now you've got everyone's attention. So it's, it's like, yeah, we got to bring this guy up. He's playing great hockey. He's filling the net. He gets called up. He's not necessarily going to be put in that role. And I've seen it where coaches or, or managers don't necessarily convey that to the player. So, and, and we've used this term many times in the past. You see a little bit of a, an identity crisis, right? Guy who starts on the fourth line, thinks he's a skilled player, tries to play that kind of game, and it's like, you know what? Uh, we didn't think you made the most of your opportunity. We're going to end up sending you down. So for Bobby McMahon, like he kind of fits into that role um, that an Aston Reese, Dryden Hunt, Pontus Holmberg, even you know, if you want to lump Pierre Engvall into that kind of role, guys who play, they have good wheels, they got a good motor, uh, bigger guys who can lean on you. Essentially, it's guys that can come up with pucks in the offensive zone and prolong offensive zone plays. And then in the defensive side of things, can you make little chip plays off the wall, whether it's to your centerman, whether it's to skate the puck out of trouble on your own? Like, so those are the two kind of critical areas for, for a guy like Bobby McMahon to really focus on if he wants to stay in the lineup. Or, you know, and, and, and it is inevitable that Austin Matthews will come back and you know, he'll get bumped out of the lineup. But because he had a good training camp, because he did so well with the Marlies, you know, you kind of leave that, that good impression with everyone. So you know now, okay, like, I've asserted myself well enough that there's a good opportunity for me to get called up again and kind of continue where I left off. So for him, you know, he's got to play the same kind of game that he played, leaning on guys, coming up with pucks, and no funny business in his own zone. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Zach Aston reese Dryden Hunt, Pierre Engvall. Like, these guys are all... You know, bottom six players with expiring contracts, and there could be some spots open next season for Bobby McMahon. Right. You know, a bit of an audition here to give him an opportunity to be fresh in mind next season when they're thinking about okay, how can we either are we going to bring some of these guys back, or do we have people who can fill in internally on maybe a bit of a cheaper contract? So it's nice to see that uh, you know he, he had a good debut, and if he plays tonight, that he can continue to do that. But someone else who had a, a real solid night last night was uh, William Nylander. Um, it, I mean, we, we talk a lot about the goal scoring, the playmaking, and just how skilled he is. I mean, is there anything about his game, Frankie, that you think that he's really elevated and is kind of sticking out to you this season that's allowed him to be so effective and consistent that maybe we, we aren't talking about enough? There absolutely is, Al's brother. And before we get into that, I have another piece of my bulletin board I'd like to break off right here okay. as you ask me this question. One of my favorite things that you and I do when <laughs> TSN 1050 has a Leafs game and we are at the Scotiabank Arena, I will go do my intermission hit with the Tapman. I come back down to press row, and where our seats are located, it's right underneath the Leafs brass. So Dubis, Pridham, Spezza, a lot of very bright hockey minds sit mm. about five feet away from us. And you and I have a little session where we kind of chew it up, we digest it, and the Leafs brass, some of the brightest hockey minds in the world, are right above us, and we're doing the same thing, and we're sitting there looking <laughs> at each other with our arms crossed, and we, we got critical thinking going, and I love it. And that's where you and I talked about exactly what William Nylander was doing not necessarily different, Al's brother, but it's maybe something we don't talk about as much with William Nylander. We always talk about crafty offensive player, really good off the rush, super dangerous on the power play. We talk about all those things, but how often do we talk about Willie's hockey IQ? How often do we talk about him being a really smart player? And I understand there's been times throughout his career where, you know, you see certain clips isolated, you're like, oh, man, you, you know, like you see the, 
the straight legs or the, you know, poor effort on the back check. And it happens, right? Like, you can't let him off the hook there. But last night with Willie playing center ice, I thought we really got to see his smarts and his brain shine through. And, you know, you and I are sitting there, we're, we're taking notes and, and we're punching in time codes for certain things. And I can't tell you how many clips I have of William Nylander with a takeaway that leads to, um, you know, a scoring chance or a really good decision at the blue line that ends up leading to prolonged offensive zone play. So, you know, I thought when you, when you play center ice, you, you have nowhere to hide. You will get exposed very quickly. And he went up against some pretty good players. Like, like I know Nashville – Depth-wise, they don't have a ton of scoring, but you're going to go up against Duchesne and uh, Ryan Johansson, and so there, there are some, some good players there that Willie went head-to-head with, and more often than not, you know, you see Willie on the right side of the puck. You see him you know, creating a turnover that leads to an offensive zone chance. You see him making good decisions with the puck in the offensive zone. So I, I was really impressed. We always know the skill is there, but I thought last night was a, a great view into the mind and the hockey IQ of William Nylander. Yeah, the IQ is a great point. Maybe an underrated part of his game. And I, I thought where you were going with that story initially was like maybe you caught Kyle Dubas kind of leaning down listening to <laughs> you guys you Well, that would be that would that be would wild. Be that would be wild, wild if, if Kyle or, or Spezza or Pridham kind of leaned over and looked at Al. Like I'm sitting down <laughs> and I got my arms crossed and Al's brother's got his arms crossed and we're looking at each other. Oh, you, and, you know, so we're, funny. Yeah, and then imagine Kyle just leans over. Hey, Al's brother, what are you talking about? What, yeah, what'd you what, notice? What was that? that? Can you speak up a little bit? <laughs> I, I couldn't quite hear it, but it sounded like you were talking. That would Wait, be. Wait, what was that deal you just elect- mentioned? <laughs> it's like, which player has this expected? Yeah, yeah that no, would be- Al's brother. I didn't see that actually. No, thanks for pointing that out for me, pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, that would be something if that were to uh, to be the case. Uh, so as we mentioned, Frankie, you're on the panel tonight. Leafs, Red Wings. They you know played not too long ago back. Uh, uh, back on Saturday, way back when, Ilya Samsonov got the start, played well. Um, you know, I, I, I think when we go into these games, and on the second night of a back-to-back, though, the Maple Leafs have a really good record this year. 5-0-1 yeah. on the second night of a back-to-back, which, you know, typically is is not the case. I haven't looked at the entire league standings, but I would imagine that they probably have one of the strongest win percentages with that record on night two of back-to-backs. I mean... Does that record say anything to you, though, about maybe the, the maturity of this team or maybe the consi- consistency that this team is playing with this year that you know is reflective of that statistic? Yes, it does. And don't feel bad about not knowing the stat. We interviewed Kenny Daniels on Saturday when the Wings were in town. And at the end of the interview, the Tatman and I were kind of out of questions and we needed to kill a little more time. So I just said something about Dylan Larkin being a leaf killer. And, and Kenny goes, well, it can't be that much. The, the Leafs have won eight straight against the Wings. And so I looked it up after, and then Larkin had 18 points in 22 games played versus the Leafs. So it would be yeah, 18 and 23 now. But I had no idea that stat. Legitimately had no idea, just blurted it out there. So I was happy to go back <laughs> after and kind of be somewhat right, even though the Red Wings haven't had success. But to your point about the back-to-backs, I, I think it speaks to the maturity of this team. And I'll be honest with you, like, think the back-to-backs and and there will be other people that make this point as well it might be a little overblown like I played in the American Hockey League where you play three and threes like one year in in Wilkes-Barre Scranton I kid you not we played 14 three and threes in a season that's 14 weeks where you play Friday Saturday 
and Sunday at 2 p.m. So, you know, like I, I know the league is trying to reduce the back-to-backs, and I think that is a good idea from, you know, a player's health point of view and travel and all that kind of stuff. I think it's, I think it's great. But at the end of the day, there's a certain maturity level that your team needs to play with. And more often than not this season, we, we've seen the Leafs kind of win games when they didn't necessarily have their best stuff. We've seen the Leafs win games when, um, you know, the game isn't exactly their kind of game, let's say. You know, they've found ways to keep it within striking distance and then put it away at the end. And last night is a good example of that, right? Like, it's a bit of a goaltender duel. There's not a lot going on offensively. It's a little sloppy offensively from the Leafs' point of view and from Nashville's point of view, who really had nothing cooking offensively all night long. And then you win the game at the end of the game on a power play where, you know, you haven't had any success on the power play and you strike right at the end. So, you know, I know that's the the front half of a back-to-back, but, you know, when you see process-driven results like that, you know, you just kind of insert that into the second half of a back-to-back and you think, okay, like, there's a very good chance this Leafs team goes into Detroit tonight and has gives themselves enough of a chance to win. You know, doesn't doesn't take themselves out of the game, which has probably been one of the bigger criticisms of myself of this team in the past. It's like you know, you go into situations in um, you know where, where you have an opportunity to win as long as you don't take yourself out of the game, and they haven't done that necessarily as much this year, and that's part of been. That's been part of the reason why they've been successful on the back-to-back. Right. Okay, so Leafs on second half of a back-to-back. The Leafs have won against Detroit. What do we say, eight, nine straight? Nine something like straight that? wins against nine the straight. Detroit Rebels. Nine straight. Detroit is a young team. They're, they're a team that's knocking on the door in another division. They might have a shot at the playoffs. Do you think that nine losses in a row to the Leafs, how much of that is on their minds tonight? How much will that will them through this one? I mean, you would think that eight losses in a row probably would have, <laughs> yeah. would have also been on their minds, too, yeah. though. But how wary are yeah. you of that as a player? You also, you also wonder, Julia, and we could put this to the Leafs and Coyotes thing, and, and what's the Leafs' record against the Coyotes? When was the last time they oh, beat them? Is the, it like 1986? Yeah, like they haven't had a regulation win in Toronto against the Coyotes since like 2002 or something like that. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, you could look at it both ways. Listen, at the end of the day, um, you can think about that all you want. You can have that in the back of your mind. And as, as a, a visit, like a player on Detroit, you can have that as a little motivation. At the end of the day, if Toronto plays to their strength and plays to their game plan, and if they get good goaltending, and if their defensemen do their job in front of the net, um, you can think about that all you want. But Toronto still will give themselves a very good opportunity to win the game. And yes, we always make the point with the Leafs in the playoffs. You get their enough times eventually you're going to break through it is a you know mike johnson likes to call it the law of averages so you, you got to think at some point the detroit red wings will beat the toronto maple leafs in nhl action it has you know it's not going to go on forever um but you know when, when you kind of look at the way the leafs have played their record on back-to-backs um you know we're not sure if austin matthews is going to play tonight i guess we're still waiting to hear on that um if he doesn't play then you know, just a little more added awareness for the guys that are in the lineup that there's, hey, there's a little more urgency. Austin's not with us, and um, the, the Leafs' record has been very good without Austin Matthews in the past. All right, buddy. We'll leave it there. Have fun tonight. Pack an extra dress shirt, I think, is some advice that, uh, that, that I was told when I was doing overdrive, I guess, for the first time. Maybe pack an yeah. extra dress shirt for you in case uh, 
you know, you get a little bit of the little I'm bit of the freezing nerves. in here right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Oh. Al's brother, I'll see you soon up at the press road, JT. I'll see you tomorrow for the CHL on TSN. Let's rock, man. All right, buddy. Good All luck right. tonight. We'll be watching, and Thank you. Uh, hopefully it's a good one. All right. All right, thanks. There he goes. Frank Corrado, TSN hockey analyst. And uh, on the panel tonight, Leafs, Red Wings, TSN 4, puck drop 7 o'clock. Toronto looking to make it 10 straight wins against the Detroit Red Wings. That, it's still crazy to me somehow. It's 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 actually like you, you just don't see a team have that much success against one team with at least one loss. Yeah, and you think something like Detroit, would happen? Like di- divisional team. God, they've been so bad though for like five years. Yeah, but, but ba- they play every year. To your point, a couple like, times, <laughs> multiple times. You times. would think they would luck into like. And Detroit, like to their credit, they are they're not supposed to be good right now. They're they're young. They're building. Well, but I they think play this with was a lot supposed of pride. To be the year that they were supposed to maybe take that next step, though. I know, but at the beginning of this year, we the conversation was, yeah, Ottawa's supposed to take another step. Yeah, Detroit's supposed to take another step. Where are they going to step to? Off a cliff. They're not nobody well, in the wild card. I mean, yeah, you can I still get into the wild card race. Like they were heavy hunters at the de- at the. I can't believe I just said off a cliff and you didn't react. Free agent. Well, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, they were heavy hitters in free agency this year. Like yeah. David Perron, Andrew Kopp, Ben Sherratt. Like they brought in some big pieces that, and they're expecting the youth to kind of take that next step. And those guys are supposed to insulate it. And Billy Huso, the goaltender who they brought in, um, just. You know, haven't been able to find the level of success maybe they were hoping for. Maybe they are still another year away. Perhaps they, you know, they just still need a little bit more grooming before they can get themselves into that playoff hunt. Um, speaking of, on the other side though, we will kind of go through our tier system on where teams rank uh, as we do our Thursday three pack. So we'll probably get into that a Love little it. bit more. Uh, but before we go to break, we're giving away some Leafs. Tickets. We're giving you a chance to win yourself some Leafs tickets. It's the pro line between the benches seats that are cl- as close to the action as you can get. You can smell the sweat of the players, hear the rattling of the glass with each hit and celebrate every goal shoulder to shoulder with our hometown team. Now is your chance to qualify. Caller number 10 will earn themselves a shot to win these tickets at 416-870-1050. That's 416-870-1050. All right, good luck to everybody. Call and the phone lines are now open. Thursday 3-pack coming up on the other side, looking at the contender tiers and where everyone's at. So that's coming up next. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tesherios and the Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Count to three? Yeah. That's your big advice? Count to three? Yeah. Whenever you get scared about anything, you just do this. You just count to three and then do it. So I'll give you to the count of three. One, two, three. Not only you and me. Got 180 degrees when I'm caught in between. Counting one, two, three. Congratulations, Dave from Hamilton. You qualified for the grand prize draw this Friday where you can win the pro line between the benches seats for January 23rd. When the Leafs take on the Islanders, pro line merch, a $75 food and beverage gift card for Scotiabank Arena, and two $50 OLG lottery gift cards. Tune into the show tomorrow for your final chance to qualify for those sweet seats. AB, we're going to do some rankings. Yeah. Thursday Thursday three-pack. 
a little different this week, though. Like typically, we think of something and we have three options or three a three person list. Yeah. This one's a little bit more. Um, well, it's longer, I guess. Doing a contender tiers, so we've got a bunch of different tiers. So like the elite of the elite teams in the NHL. Now we've got cup contenders, overachievers, underachievers, and then as Connor told us yesterday, he would prefer the moniker for. <laughs> I had you know, no the, idea who you were talking about for a second. You just dropped a oh Connor. Yeah, our, my guy Connor. No, that's my guy. My okay, your guy Connor. Fine. You get Pierre Engvall and Andrew Mangiapane, <laughs> and, and I get Bedard. Connor Bedard. Jeez, why don't you take Sidney Crosby? Bedsy. No, they're Go not ahead. my guys. He's my guy. Matthews, why you're at it? Yeah, take all the superstars. Um, but he said he prefers and, and thinks that the suck hard for Pedard is maybe the best moniker that he's heard so far. Yeah, it's up for debate. At least the said, funniest. But, <laughs> but, but uh, so we're going to call it that. Uh, so the teams that are also in that tier as well. So why don't we start up at the tippy top and talk about some of the elite of the elite teams that we have uh, in this in this tier right now. So if you disagree with us, feel free to text us at 105050 or tweet us at least slunch 1050. But we've tiered this up. Uh, and this is kind of where we're at with the NHL. And the elite of the elite, should I read off all three, A, B, and then we can chat? Sure. The Boston Bruins. Makes. Blown everyone away this season. If, I saw if, Jackie Redmond on <laughs> NHL Network say, so the year that Tampa blew everybody away and won the President's Cup and then ultimately ended up getting swept by the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets in the playoffs, yep. Tampa, Boston at this point in the season has more points than Tampa did. Boston is point. Boston. No team has been on pace for what Boston is doing since the 1930s. Yeah, like that's legitimate. So they they are the team I felt most most comfortable out of anyone putting in this tier. Yes, the Tampa Bay Lightning. It would be offensive if we didn't put them up here, and it would be disrespectful to everything that they've accomplished as a group. So here they are, and they're having a decent season. Uh, not a crazy season by any means, and they didn't last year either, and they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. So we'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt again. The Colorado Avalanche mm. we also have in this tier, which is, this season, pretty debatable. If, you, if somebody wanted to debate us on this, they probably could, because Colorado's fielded some rosters, iced some rosters, I guess, in hockey. I don't put anyone on a field. Yeah. Iced some rosters that I look at, and I'm like, okay, I recognize... Rantanen and nobody else on this roster. So yeah. so they've been through it with injuries. They've been through it in general. But I still think they're a team that, that deserves to be in this elite of the elite category. Yeah, I, so I think when, when we were putting this list together and we were trying to figure out where teams fit, I, I think we just we looked at the pedigree of what those teams are, and we also just assume, I mean, are we dumb for assuming? Maybe with Colorado, but with Tampa Bay, I mean, this team just figures it out come playoff time. Right, like they've got Andre Vasilevsky, who does nothing but win in the playoffs. Yeah. So I, I think putting them in this list, based off their longevity here, three straight years to the Stanley Cup final, they are the elite of the elite. Like that's the cream of the crop. Like they're borderline a dynasty team right now, despite where they are in the standings and behind the Maple Leafs. It's still a very scary team to have to go up against, which Toronto. Collision course coming uh, coming to you Choo-choo. in April, that's for sure. But they deserve to be there based off of their success uh, in previous seasons. And now we just believe that they're going to be there again at the end of the year. Colorado, to your point, uh, I, this is a, the defending cup champions, yeah. for Pete's sake. And, and they are still an outstanding team and a great squad. They just haven't been healthy. But if they get healthy, they'll get into the playoffs, and uh, they'll be... 
you know, they're going to be Colorado. tough to yeah. a, a, a tough out. They'll be Colorado, so they deserve to be there. Waste of eight days. One of my favorite <laughs> That's quotes. It. Waste of eight. Who said that? Daryl Sutter. Daryl right? Sutter. Yeah, they, but that was when they were going to go up against a wild card team. Still think. If it wasn't it. for the Oilers, he. Uh, I guess he would have been right. Well, I guess he was right because Nashville right. was. Yeah, yeah they're around for like seven days. They were very much exactly as this prophecy spoke. Yeah. The cup contenders. So we've got uh, a three pack here of teams, and it starts with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Surprise, surprise. They've been cup contenders. And listen, I know that some people will have an issue with us calling them cup contenders when they haven't won a playoff series with this group. But that's what a contender is. Like, you, you look at this group and you exactly. think... Exactly. We didn't put them in the elite of the elite because we don't know what they look like in the playoffs at this point. Yeah. But if they won a Stanley Cup, would you sit there and say, how did this team win a cup? No. Absolutely not. You would say, finally they broke through and did what they have been did what they were supposed to do. They've been and, like a top win. three to five team in the NHL for the last five seasons. Uh, couple of years, but I still, to your point, they've been a beacon of consistency the last couple of seasons in particular, and most definitely are cup contenders. The Carolina Hurricanes are in the exact same boat. I, a team I that hasn't done in the playoffs. gets lost on me how similar these teams are. Colorado, oh, very. Or, sorry, Toronto and Carolina. They're very. Both teams are very, you know, analytically driven, I think you could say. Regular season darlings. Yep. Colorado's one round, so they don't get as much... Have had question marks in goal for oh my a god! While. <laughs> I saw Freddie Anderson get reactivated off the LTIR yesterday. I was like, I have not heard your name in so yeah, long, it's been a while. man. Where it's you been? been? A while. It's that's not a that's not good news for my Kachetkov futures bet. I don't think Kachetkov has given that net back. I hope not. No, I really hope not. And we got Vegas as the final team in this contenders list. I, again, I, I think that the Vegas Golden Knights are an extremely like this is such a deep team. Yeah. Defensively, up front, you know, Jack Eichel brings a different element to that squad. They finally have like a top centerman, and they got Chandler Stevenson in behind him. That's just giving them th- that one-two punch down the middle. Uh, on the blue line, they've got Shea Theodore. They've got Alex Petrangelo, Alec Martinez. There's question marks in goal, right? Logan Thompson, rookie goaltender. There's going to be a question mark there, which is what I think separates them from being in that elite category and makes still makes some cup contenders, but there's still a question mark there, which is why they're just down a tier from the Colorados, the Bostons, and the Tampa. I think that's what it is. For Toronto, Carolina, and Vegas, the reason why they're not in that upper tier is because there's question marks on them, whereas the other teams, they've showed us that what they can do and that they, they deserve to be in that category. Absolutely. We have an honorable mention as well. As well. Yeah, it's the Dallas Stars who've been incredible this season. They're leading um, the Central Division right now by a, a decent margin. And this is another team that's extremely deep. They've got good defense. They've got good forwards. And then Jake Ottinger, who's been unbelievable again this season. I, I think he's solidifying himself as, you know, top maybe five might be a little strong because it's still only been like two years maybe but he's solidified himself i think as a top 10 goaltender in the nhl and quickly becoming one of those guys who it's like okay he might be approaching one of those elite starters who might be able to play you 55 to 60 games in a season so i want to put dallas in there as well as as a cup contender because they're having a great year great season out uh, out there Okay, overachievers. And, like, you don't want to knock overachievers or, or anything, except maybe this year, because overachieving this year is not a great thing to do when the draft is so deep. But True. Uh, Seattle. Like, who saw this season coming from Seattle? And, and maybe we 
No, yeah, me neither. Honestly. I don't know what to say about them because I don't know if I fully understand them. (laughs) I mean that. What are they, right? Like What What are they? We talked about that. We both sat there in silence like for an awkward two seconds and we're like, yeah, Seattle, like what's the deal there? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, credit to them though. Like they're they're kind of doing like what Vegas did a couple years ago where it's an island of misfit toys. Vegas did it in year one. Seattle's kind of doing it in year two. They're just a deep team. Like, they've got four lines that they roll. They've got scoring on all four lines. Like, they like what they're getting from their blue line. Vince Dunn's having a terrific year. Yeah. Carson Soucy. Um, Adam Larson's been a, a nice player for them. Alexiak. Like, and then they're, they're actually getting good goaltending from Marty Jones. Not, not Grubauer, but Martin Jones has provided them some stable goaltending, funny enough. so th- But I- I'm with you where they're a team that's overachieving, because I don't think anybody expected this to happen. Like this, They're 24-12-4, they're a 6.50 save percentage, which would have them second in the Pacific in, uh, in terms of save percentage so far, or in terms of win percentage, point percentage, this year in, uh, in the Pacific race. The last, second. Yeah. Crazy. I don't know. I don't get it. Another team that's a little bit befuddling to me. They still have a lot of... Well, they have one of my favorite prospect pools, honestly, in hockey. I love their prospect pool. But. I have one last point about Seattle. because I'm just, I'm just looking at it right now on like NHL.com standings. First of all, they've won six in a row. They're now up to six straight victories. One of which being against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they're 14-4-2 on the road. Like, this is a good road team, too. Interesting. They got that, they've got that amazing building at home with those amazing fans and they're hovering 500 at home but then they hit the road and it's like let's go boys let's fire it up yeah 14 4 and 2 great but yeah the uh the kings are another team kind of similar boat where it's i didn't expect for them to take that next step no i I was saying like i love their prospect pool i really like their young players i think their depth chart in terms of youth is really good they've got those veterans to kind of steer the way out there i suppose they're putting a little something together and that's such a lame piece of analysis but i i feel like that's it with the la kings and i think buffalo's the last team that we're we're putting here in uh in this tier they're you know on the outside looking into a playoff spot but they're still in contention yeah at this point and there wasn't a lot of people looking at buffalo as that team in the east that were going to contend or that team in the atlantic that was going to contend everyone looked at you know detroit as a team that could take a step they looked at the Ottawa Senators as a team that could take a step. But it's been Buffalo as that young group that's kind of um, overachieving right now. You've got Tage Thompson having uh, an MVP-esque season. You've got Rasmus Dahlin having a Norris-level season. They're finally getting some pretty good goaltending out of one of their draft prospects a few years ago, Uka Pekalukadin. They've won seven of their last ten games. I feel They've like we sc- just wanted to say that name. It's honestly <laughs> one of the funnest names of all time. They've scored 152 goals this year. Madness. In thir- 39 games in 39 games which to me i believe is actually either number one or number two to boston they're they're rivaling boston who has 156 in 40 games wow. i'm not going to try and do the the quick per 60 minutes in my head right now but they're either first or second in goals scored this year didn't see that coming out of the buffalo Sabres. i'll be honest with you no i like i think everyone expected them to take another step but it's more of a step than I think. This is a leap. It's a leap. And even if they don't make the playoffs, I think they could still be happy with the growth and progression that the team has had. All right, we got really quickly got to rattle through our uh, our underachievers here. I think the number one underachiever. Actually, I'm curious who you think the number one is. 
Uh, the number one, I think, is probably Florida, just yes. because the expectations okay. are higher. Yeah. But Ottawa's been pretty disappointing uh, after a really exciting off season when everyone had had given. So that's interesting. Did we put too many too high expectations on Ottawa? No, because I wasn't expecting them to be amazing, but I was expecting them to at least have meaningful games in March, in February. They're out of it. So I was expecting, like, Buffalo's Buffalo's make it get a little bit interesting. Are they going to make anything of it? Like, probably not, realistically. How far are they? I expected Ottawa to make it a little bit more interesting. Let me three points between Buffalo and, and Ottawa. Hmm, maybe I've overblown this then. Is Ottawa's got game uh, differential. Buffalo's got a game in hand. Yeah, one game isn't that big of a difference. Okay. But I mean, for, for me, it's it's just like I think we overhype them in the off season, which is why we consider this well, was now all those an under. Like the Brinkett looked so good. Yeah. Drew. But then, as the season got to puck drop, as we got to opening night, I think more red flags started to pop about their defense, and then Cam Talbot got hurt, and he hasn't been good this year at all either and i think that's kind of what led to this overachieving they got off to a terrible start they've been playing a little bit better uh you know as of late i suppose after the first month and a half of the season post the you know after the first six weeks of the year but still a, a team that's certainly underachieving and then obviously we've got the Edmonton Oilers and the the Calgary Flames Calgary was a team that we're looking as they could be in the cup contenders at the beginning of the season and all of a sudden now they're just hanging on to a, a playoff spot. Like, they brought in Huberto and Mackenzie Weger, and we're thinking, and Nazem Kadri, can't forget Kadri, and thinking, maybe this team's actually better with those three than they were last season with Kachuk and Goudreau. Like, could they possibly have gotten better after moving those guys out? And we thought that might have been the case. Maybe we were wrong. Yeah. It just okay, hasn't listen, I've, I've never pat myself on the back, but I, I think I flagged at the beginning of the year. Like, I know, I, I, I Calgary, like, that's a lot of change to happen in an offseason. You completely change who your core is. Mm-hmm. They were also banking on Markstrom still being good, which just hasn't worked out this year yet. Should have. I banked on it. My fantasy team banked on it. I think didn't, mine did too. Didn't work. Hasn't worked out <laughs> yeah. to this point. But they better hope that uh, a turnaround comes. And then the Edmonton Oilers, they also banked on Jack Campbell being that guy. They paid him, what, five years, five million bucks. And uh, he's been not the best, as Louis Deming would say. It's been atrocious. And it's a big reason why this team's just barely hanging on to a playoff spot. I mean, you got Connor McDavid, who could end the year with 150 points. Dry Seidel, probably 120 plus points. Nuge is on pace for 100 points. Hyman's on pace for it 90 points. It doesn't make any sense. And they just still can't win hockey games. Not the best. Not the best. They're getting Evander Kane back, though. And I think that'll be a big boost to this team. Morale-wise and impact on the ice as well. So that's, that's what I'd be clinging on to if I were an Oiler fan. And then just pray that Kenny Holland makes a move and brings in a defenseman. A good defenseman. That's what they need. Yeah. That's what will put this team into. Is one piece going to fix that team? Is one piece on the blue line? Like I think it's going to take some gymnastics. I, don't know, man. I, I think. Don't know. I don't he's know. Have to it, start making moves. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Deadline's March third, and this is the time where things start to heat up. Yeah. So we'll see what they do. Um, and then teams ranked twenty seventh through thirty second plus maybe the Vancouver Canucks. They're in the uh, you know fall hard, suck hard, Bedard Bowl, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, they. Uh, they're out of it. Just tank. Go get yourself Connor Bedard. All right. Um, on the other side, we're going to dip back into tomorrow or tonight's game, rather, which will be on yeah. TSN 4. Puck drop at 730. Leafs and Detroit. Puck picks. 
with myself. So that's coming up next. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tesheri. Listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. It's time for Puck Picks with Professor Al's brother. Back to school. Back to school. Jackpot. Leaf Lunch brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. Al's brother. Professor Al's brother. Take it away. Is it weird that, like, I don't know why that it's now, like, Professor Al's brother. I want to speak in an English accent. Nah, do it. I'm not going to do it, but, like, I just want people to know that I want to. Okay. I feel like I, it just uh, it goes with the segment now. Um, so, as we had noted throughout the show, the Leafs have absolutely dominated the Detroit Red Wings, and um, they're clearly the favorites tonight going into Detroit, despite being uh, the road team. But I like for them to win, and I like for them to win big. I know it's their second night of back-to-back, but they're 5-0-1 on second nights of back-to-backs this season. And, you know, I thought they played them extremely well. And, look, they're just a better team flat out, even without Austin Matthews. I think they showed last night that they can win hockey games. So I like them on the puck line at plus 154. So that'll be to win by two or more goals tonight. I like Nylander to score a goal tonight as well. So you can get that over half a goal at plus 160 on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And uh, for the Leafs to get the first team to five shots in the first 10 minutes... Good value there uh, at plus one. Uh, was it plus one sixteen in the first ten minutes? Yes, I'm trying to read my own writing. <laughs> to be honest with you, but uh, you know, I think the Maple Leafs come out and and you know, this is a team that has historically gone off to you know really good starts, and they've been winning a lot of these first to five shots bets over yeah. the course of the season. So let's just keep going to it on the road. They're averaging ten shots in the first period. Detroit giving up nine shots, uh, just over nine shots themselves in the first period. So I, I would think that Toronto gets off to a good start. They get five in the first ten, and... Uh, you know, the first to do it. So that'll pay you plus money as well. So I like it. Place. I like it. Okay. That is Puck Picks with Professor Al's brother. Okay. I have a couple things to say before we finish. Mm. Firstly, we have to give a shout out to Nella Lupusanova of Slovakia, who is shredding the women's 18, U18s at 14 years old. That's insane. To yeah. Me. She's leading the tournament in points. She's 14 years old, to reiterate, in this U18 tournament. And today, scored like one of the nicest Michigan goals that I've ever seen. When you pop the bottle, just makes everything a little bit nicer. <laughs> the second thing I have to say, uh, and make sure you watch that. It's on TSN. Cheryl and Kenzie have the coverage. It's a great tournament. Right before we go, Frank or Carlo and AK asked a really vital question with all-star voting happening right now. Also, do you think you and I could vote for all-star voting? Because I was going to retweet a, a Willie Nylander vote last night, and then I was like, wait, is this bad? Why would that be bad? I'm allowed to vote for them, right? I, I think so. <laughs> Are we journalists? I, I mean, I, I believe William Nylander deserves to be there. Okay, so, so it, he should it won't votes. look weird if I retweet a William Nylander all-star vote, right? I don't think so. Okay, so that was the second thing I had to ask you. The third thing is that this morning on the morning show, uh, AK and Carlo asked, because of the NHL all-star rumor that there's going to be a dunk tank there, who they'd like to dunk at TSN. So Man. let's leave it on that note. At TSN? Yeah. That traitor, Luke Wilson. Right. This morning they didn't say Jesse Pollock, but I feel like he's the slam dunk. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good one. <laughs> he would be a good one to to dunk on for sure. Yeah, Jesse Pollock's probably one that'll get mentioned by a few people. But for me, it's my arch nemesis. Yeah, that Luke makes sense. Wilson. That makes sense. We'll have to make picks tomorrow. Yes. We'll have to make picks okay. tomorrow. 
Luke and I. Tune in. Overdrive. All right. Uh, that does it for us here today. Enjoy the game tonight. Again, you can watch it on TSN uh, 4. Frankie, our guy, going to be on the panel puck drop at 7 o'clock. If you missed any of today's show, you can find it on TSN1050.ca, the Radio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Gameplay with Matt Cos next.